0: Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode seventy-three of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between, and part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram at witty sports seven one six. Also follow Built in Buffalo at built in buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on, buddy?
1: Should Witty Nation be <laughs> forgotten? And never brought to mind should we nation say be not funny.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Very hello,
1: nice. Mr. Greco. Hello,
0: Tony. And hello, Woody Nation. <laughs> hello, Woody Nation. Tony. How wonderful it is to be with you on this fine evening as we round out
1: 2021 in the year of our
0: Lord. Yeah, that's right. To I, talk some milk. I, I just want to know what happens when the music dies. I guess a, when when you run out of like songs to parody. What, what's what's gonna? Are you oh, just? To, I try to keep it. I
1: try to keep it season. So, right. So I mean, we're about
0: to hit the. Um, I can't wait to see what you pick for Martin Luther whole King Day. Of the year. There's
1: no good January songs.
0: So. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, Tony is right, listeners. It is the end of 2021. The year is winding down. Quick year in review. A lot of bad. The pandemic is still rolling along. Not good. Uh, Tom Brady won another Super Bowl in this year. Not good. Even worse athletes and medical fraud seem to be combined, like peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and chocolate or anything with peanut butter, really. John Gruden, that's a bad thing. Uh, There was some good, I guess, though. Uh, Britney is... Britney's free of her conservatorship. That's good, right, Tony? I don't know, maybe. I don't even, I never paid attention to it. You know, I fought really hard to free Brittany, so I'm glad that we finally <laughs> got the some... I know you're a big proponent of the movement. The world discovered squid game, that was I guess good. Uh Giannis won an NBA title. He's fun to watch. He seems like a good guy. Twenty twenty one we laughed with Curb and Ted Lasso. We cried with the fifth anniversary of the death of Harambe, R. I. P. Harambe, as always. It was a ba- it was a it was a roller coaster of a year, Tony. I didn't remember any of this, so I'm glad that we are able to have this conversation. I'm glad, too. Uh, When it comes to New Year's, though, nothing is more important than those two-week-long life-changing pledges we make to ourselves, known as the New Year's Resolution, Tony, I don't think I've ever uh, upheld any of my New Year's resolutions. I don't even make them now. They're pointless, right? (laughs) I mean, maybe other people have better luck. I don't know. Uh, Tony, but I thought something fun we could do for our intro here as we wind down 2021. What are some witty resolutions we can give to uh, Bill's players or coaches this year or going into the new year, going into 2022? What is some witty resolutions we can give to the players, Tony? Let's, Let's just do... Uh, Three examples each. Uh, Pick a player and and give me what you think their resolution should be.
1: Uh, I would say that I think Isaiah McKenzie's resolution should be to uh, learn to make his own pierogi.
0: (laughs) Yes, big story this week. Isaiah is just, I guess, wandering around Buffalo looking for people's houses (laughs) to go in. All you got to do, I
1: mean, he's having a moment like this week was Isaiah McKenzie's moment. Let him exploit his moment. If he's going to get himself invited to some parties in North Buffalo by the, you know, elite,
0: of, <laughs> uh, by the elite of that district they have added Isaiah more power to you. You can come over to my house anytime. Yeah. Open invitation to to the Winnie Not Funny Sports podcast. winning Not Funny Houses, Isaiah, if you're listening, which he is, he always does. I actually saw him. I uh, had to work the Wing Fest this year for my job and I saw him and uh, he, he gave me like a, a quick, like what's up nod, which I appreciated. So thank you, Isaiah, for well, that. Game respect game on that one. Game. Game? Two of the
1: most influential figures in Buffalo. <laughs>
0: yes, all in the same place. Uh, all in the same w- place, exactly. B- where, we, where we deserve to be, right on the the field of Ralph Wilson Stadium. I still call it the Ralph. Tony, I'm going to, for my first, I'm going to go to Tommy Sweeney. Ooh. And I think his New Year's resolution is to to be more open, to be more of an open book, because I'm going to shoot to a October quote from one Josh Allen right on the the precipice of Tommy Sweeney taking over for Dawson Knox during Knox's injury. Josh Allen is quoted as saying, Tommy Sweeney probably one of the most interesting guys, not just on the team, but on the planet. Huh. Big quote from Josh Allen. And I'm going to say, Tommy Sweeney, be more open because even though Josh Allen thinks you're the most interesting guy on the planet, I don't know one interesting thing about him honestly like ask me something about tommy sweeney i have no idea all the articles i read what i could not find one interesting thing about this guy so i don't know what josh allen knows that i don't but be more open tommy let us figure out let us know who tommy sweeney really is i want to know who the most interesting guy on the planet is that's all i'm saying be more open tommy sweeney that should be your news resolution i say, yeah I, I don't know a thing about Tommy Sweeney, but I wish it did,
1: exactly. and uh, now I really feel like I want to know. It kind of scares me a little bit, Josh, would say that, because it kind of leads me to believe that we have a little bit of a bit of Richie Incognito situation
0: here, because well, if you go back
1: to layers, maybe we're not going to like it. <laughs>
0: Richie was interesting in, in all the wrong ways. We know that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, i don't know if i want to know what makes tommy sweeney so (laughs) interesting i've been burned before we have been burned before yes that is true well at least uh, well i don't even know because i don't know i was gonna say tommy sweeney won't be throwing weights at you thinking you're spying on him as part of the fbi but it could happen we don't know it could happen
1: we don't
0: know we don't know if tommy sweeney feels that way we don't know that we don't know tony (laughs) who's Tony, who's your uh, second player in their resolution? You know, I'm going to say a similar resolution to, as you just said, in some ways. uh, But I'm going to put it on our own QB1, Josh Allen. I have
1: seen Josh Allen, or Josh Allen of legend, in various door dashers that have gone to his house to deliver food. I have seen Josh Allen that one random weekend, or it was a Monday... Uh, that he came to Rochester. Yep. I don't know what else this guy is doing. <laughs> I think that Josh Allen only interacts with people in the locker room and Brittany. I think if I'm Josh Allen, my resolution is to get out there, get on the town, see some other people. I understand that it's probably a nightmare for him anytime he goes any place public. Absolutely. I am sure it's terrible, a terrible experience <laughs> to go anywhere public. But if I'm Josh Allen, I'm going to go some places that are public. That's my New Year's
0: resolution for him is. I have to imagine it would be a nightmare. Before every yeah. every game when Josh Allen huddles up the offense and they break, and they all the, uh, it's very funny to me, but all the offense is like, I love you, Josh Allen. And that's a joke, obviously, because everywhere Josh Allen right. goes, people are like, I love you, Josh Allen. So if I was Josh Allen, if I was in his shoes, walk a mile in his shoes. First of all, they'd be pretty big on me, but I, I don't know if I would want to be the the public figure. I, I don't. I don't know. I, don't, I think it'd be tough. It'd be tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure mounting and a lot of weight on his shoulders, not only on the football field but off the football field. And that's why my second I player.
2: The last time, go
0: on. No, no. I was going to say that's why my second player I was going to chose was also Josh Allen. And my resolution oh. my resolution for him was because the pressure is mounting, because the weight of the city is on his shoulders, take up a peaceful hobby in 2022, Josh Allen. Nice. Maybe, maybe uh, do some cooking classes or uh, geocaching or gardening or maybe listen to some ASMR, re- relaxing situation. Do a puzzle. Do a puzzle. Do a nice big thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Just... Just take your mind off of the football and whatever's happening off the field as well. If there's any pressure mounting in your personal life, we we don't surmise or or predict anything in this podcast for sure, Tony. But I'm just saying, um, maybe we can give him some ASMR right now. I mean, just give him a little like, Josh, you're a great quarterback. The world is yours. Lead the bells to a super Like just a little little whisper, a little notion. We can we can rustle some papers, do a little babbling brook. Just Josh, just, just relax. The the pressure's mountain. Yeah. That that's my thing. Take up a peaceful hobby, Josh Allen.
1: My third New Year's resolution. I'm going to give one that might be the low-hanging fruit, might be a little too obvious. What do you got? Man, we all know the negative effects time and time again that social media has on our society and our
0: mental health. If I'm Cole Beasley, I'm quitting Twitter for the 24th time. <laughs> I literally have that doubt as well. Just, Cole Beasley, put <laughs> put away the social media. He's
1: just, like, he's quit many, he knows how to quit. He's done it many times before, but every time he thinks he's out... They pull
0: him back in. They pull him back in. He's
1: got to go out. He's
0: got to go out. Cut it off. Just cut it off. Focus on football. Focus on the rap career. Cut it out, Uncle Joey. Cut it out. Focus on rapping. Focus on football. Just put away the social media. (laughs) That's all we have. That's
1: all I need. And that's all he needs
0: too. It would be, it would be better for him. I think it would be better for
1: him.
0: I think <laughs> if, it he would. Had, if he had stronger mental health, he might be able to make some better choices. Okay. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> of course I'm talking about
1: his haircut. Of course. He should have kept it long. Of course. Yeah. He
0: should have kept it long. And also his missing tooth. He,
1: he what?
0: And also his oh, missing tooth. What what that That's a, an enigma in itself. Like, I'm i am almost positive, and I don't know if it was a, a fever dream I've had, but for like a week during training camp, I'm pretty sure there was no missing tooth, and now it's just back again, like permanently? Like, I feel, uh, I
1: don't know if I agree with you. I feel like I remember him showing up to training camp with the tooth.
0: That's I remember him showing up to training camp without the tooth, and then like for a week, I'm pretty oh. sure it was back, and then it, now it's gone again. Like... It's been, it's been proposing? gone for the, pretty much the majority of the season. I, I don't know. Are
1: you proposing that this is a conspiracy? That there is actually a tooth?
0: <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. He's blacking out his own tooth. That's what I'm wondering if you think. I I think there is a tooth. Oh, my gosh. The, this the is the content. Is really this is the where in the world is Carmen Sandiego <laughs> mystery we need to solve.
1: There really is a tooth.
0: <laughs> there really is a tooth. <laughs> Who will be the first to find Cole's missing tooth?
1: Well, you, according to you, it's in his mouth. <laughs> I according don't. To you, you, it's already been found. I, I I don't
0: I don't know. I'm I'm utterly confused about the whole situation. <laughs> we'll call up who who are the great finders of missing dog, the bounty hunter. We'll call dog. Yeah. This is he's not doing yeah. anything. Call dog. Call dog. No,
1: and he's great at finding missing teeth. A
0: lot <laughs> of people
1: think humans visit based Paul on
0: him. his clientele. Yes, he's probably very good at finding missing teeth. Yeah. Tony, my third player, uh, I'm going to go to Ed Oliver, a guy who's had a breakout season. In my New Year's resolution for Ed, and I looked this up, and it's an actual thing, become a member of the Knife of the Month Club. And I'll tell you why. Breakout season for Ed Oliver, becoming coming into his own, becoming the guy we envisioned when we drafted him, become a member of the Knife of, Knife, Knife of the Month Club because it's time to take it to an Aaron Donald level. Aaron Donald trains with knives. I need Ed to take the next step. Knives every month, train with knives, become the next Aaron Donald. It's, it's easy. It's math. Simple math. You know, if anything that he can do, if we need Ed Oliver to become the next Aaron Donald, he has to truly become Aaron Donald. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to truly become it's Aaron Donald, it. you need to become... You, like, in Tropic Thunder, they never say go full full Simple Jack. <laughs> right you never go full simple jack yeah go go full aaron donald at oliver that's what we're saying go full aaron donald training eating there's a picture of him with a stack of pancakes i don't know if aaron donald also eats stacks of pancakes but if he doesn't get the pancakes out of here and aaron get donald
1: ride right horses
0: if not, well, bet, Ed should and stop. And Oliver better
1: figure it out, because if he doesn't, that horse is out of here.
0: That horse is out of here. If if Aaron Donald doesn't and Ed wants to keep the horse, he needs to send a horse to Aaron Donald so Aaron Donald starts riding yeah. it. That's all I'm saying. Right. Become right. Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh, Tony, I also had one honorable mention, uh, and that's to the newest member of the Buffalo Bills, uh, one Breeland Speaks, and that's his oh, resolution. Yeah. His resolution is to be more vocal. Don't be afraid to say what's on your mind. For a guy... With the last name Speaks, I've never heard a word from him. So that's all That's my New Year's resolution for Breland Speaks. Be more vocal. I also had one in the queue for Ed Oliver, and it was a resolution that I think a lot of
1: us would do, and that's to use our gas-powered vehicles a little bit less. I want Ed Oliver to just ride the horse everywhere.
0: <laughs> you do. You are. Take the
1: planet, always be on the horse.
0: Not only saving the play, I've never seen a bigger proponent for a horse than than you and Head Oliver's horse. You want him riding that thing to the games, riding it into the tunnel through into the, the yeah. through, through the through the smoke on the entrance. Like you never want him leaving that horse. You want that horse to learn like swim moves so he can rush the quarterback. Well, I mean,
1: we need someone who can rush the quarterback,
0: <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just saying you you love that oliver's horse and and i don't blame you it, i do it's pretty sweet yeah it's a good yeah tony we got a big game that that's that's my news resolution is for the bills to continue winning and they continue winning this past sunday we got a big game to talk about with this patriots are you ready because we got a lot to discuss
1: i have never been more ready
0: for <laughs> well, big... anything big stage <laughs> well i hope that holds true listeners we will be back after the break we'll cue marv marv will serenade us not as well as tony but he'll do a good job marv take it away we'll be back after the break oh the weather outside is frightful but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to traveling growler and since we know place to go keep it cold keep it cold keep it cold with a traveling growler koozie koozie stern at just five dollars check out www.travelinggrowler.com today and now back to the show Oh, go. Bills fight, Bills
1: go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo.
0: And we are back. Matt. Tony, what?
1: No, you had just given us Marv Levy serenading us. I received this book for Christmas by Jeffrey J. Miller. (laughs) And it's 100 Things Bills fans should know before they die. And I do have the revised and updated version. Number ninety-one is about Mark
0: Levy's fight song. Oh, do tell. So I, I will. <laughs> so Mark Levy's
1: fight song had this was not the first fight song that he had penned uh, because even he, him, and his uh, high school teammates had had created a fight song for the football team called "Fight On, You South Shore Seahawks." Okay. Decades later, when he was with the Chiefs, when he was when Levy was head coach of the Chiefs, he penned a fight song for them called. Give a give a cheer for Kansas City. And then of course he would go on to write Let's Win for Buffalo, which Ooh. he which he wrote and premiered on his on his local cable television show. Bruce Smith wanted him to do it as a rap and oh, Bruce Smith wow. said, I told him I don't do rap, said Levy. So a <laughs> little bit of a disappointment there. But he did he did. He, it went beyond his uh cable television show then. So, not realizing that the camp song had actually been adapted from Go Lane Go, the fight song of Lane Technical High School in Chicago, he applied the lyrics to his... to Let's win for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He never presented it to Mr Wilson directly, but he did do it for the marketing department. So he was really fighting for this to be in here. Wow. And although they did express interest and he kept asking them, they never really pushed it as a substitute to the Bills Make Me Wanna Show. But he believes he is on record of saying he believes that it's more inspiring
0: than shots. So Mar first of all, who knew Marv was so musically gifted? I know. So well, I that, could have guessed based on his English degree from co-college. I, I couldn't have guessed that from that English degree. But if, if, the, if, if an English degree makes you musically talented, then yeah, let's all get English degrees. Well,
1: I think it helps to write lyrics.
0: Maybe. Put things in verse, you know, put things in verse, rhyme schemes, et cetera. Yeah, I, I Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, rewind. Marv wanted to replace the shout song. He, to leave disappointment, the team never officially adopted "Let's Win for Buffalo." Wow. It's official fight song, it as a official
1: fight song, but they never really pushed it as a substitute for the want to shout. I don't know. I still believe it would have been more inspiring. He said he said he was he said he presented it to the marketing department. The marketing department stuck with shout, even though Marv believes it to be more inspiring than shout. Wow. That's the way that Jeffrey Miller writes
0: it. (laughs) Jeffrey J. Miller?
1: Yes, Jeffrey J. Miller. Yes, Jeffrey J.
0: Miller. (laughs) Yeah, that's shot. Well, good, good for the marketing department because they made the right call. I can't even imagine. I would say so as well. I can't imagine this organization what this organization would look like without the shout song in its repertoire. Like it's what the yeah. Bills are known for. I mean, it's it's such a staple of this organization. It's carry, a huge, yeah. Carry that's on, our of carry our on lives. through generations. Like I try to teach my kids the shout song at a young age, like before their first words even. Like I want them to sing the shout song. <laughs> um, no, good, good. Fun facts with Tony there. I, I like that. Maybe that'll be a yeah. uh, maybe that'll be a recurring segment moving forward. <laughs> fun facts well, with Tony.
1: Well, it, it can be for. The next hundred episodes, or ninety-nine episodes, <laughs> and then, then we because reach because this is a
0: hundred facts that we should know before we die. Yes. Okay. So we got ninety-nine more episodes. If this man, if we if we reach, what are we at seventy-three? So if we reach. Uh, Wait, what's 173. it? 173. 173, then. Um, kudos to us, I guess. Uh, Tony, no one else is an inspiration, just like Marvin and his shout song. The Bills playing the Patriots this week. You ready to do a little not-so-bad-it's-good review?
1: <clears throat> I'm ready to listen intently to what you're bringing to the table. And...
0: Go. And begin. We drive down Route 1 and pass the best fans in the NFL billboard for... Matchup numero dos between the Bills and the Patriots, where Bostonians everywhere were wondering, Porqué Epestamos? Pardon my French, Tony. Devin Can't Wait Singletary set the tone early as the king of screens with five catches, but it was the emergence of Isaiah Thomas McKenzie, who had these Pistons firing, driving the Bills down the field across many miles, and Miles Bryant. Stephon Diggs contributed to the stat sheet in the swear jar with seven catches, and Micah Hydra took down the Patriots' home shield advantage with two interceptions. Pop the McCorkle and pour a nice, fine Josh Allen Chardonnay, yay, yay. Let's go, Buffalo. That win sure goes down smooth. Bills 33, Chitriot's 21, and the good guys take back control of the AFC East. What is can't wait Singletary? Devin can't wait Singletary. That was Kevin James's, uh follow-up to King of Queens. Kevin can wait. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Deep pull. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of
1: artistic liberties being taken to go from <laughs> Kevin can wait to Devin
0: can't wait. Okay. <laughs> but then he's the king of screens. I thought you would have put two and two together.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> king of screens.
0: Okay. I feel like we need to have a whole. I didn't
1: really like when you said Isaiah Isaiah Thomas McKenzie has his pistons firing. Yes. That that was a triumph. Okay, <laughs> we
0: we follow up strongly. Yeah, I feel like we could also do a whole segment next episode on how uh, Netflix cast Kevin James as Sean Payton in the Sean Payton movie. Oh, okay. Yes. Where where I, did we go wrong? I'm never gonna watch. No, nobody should. But Sean uh, Sean Payton and Kevin James look nothing alike. <laughs> They're. <laughs> Opposite sides of the spectrum here, and just in terms of looks and oh, yeah. personality. I mean, it's it's an insane casting. My goodness. Uh, Anyway, Uh, (laughs) Tony, was was this the game, this Bills-Patriots game, was this the game we have been waiting all season for from this Bills team?
1: In a sense, yes, because this was the game, for me anyway, and I think for many of us, that we're like, oh, now the Bills might be hitting their stride and rolling again, like the end of last year. Right. And I think we wanted, A, we wanted to start the season like we were finishing last year regular season just you know rolling right and then we wanted and we wanted to look good doing it just all season long right at this season you know up until and including the super bowl and i would say then that didn't really happen and there were some road bumps along the way uh but now it's like oh you know okay we saw what happened against carolina we just saw what happened against the patriots maybe we're maybe we're getting in the swing of things and this is a pretty good time to begin to the swing of things. Okay, okay. So in that sense, yeah, I would say we've been waiting all season for something like that to happen. If it is an indication of uh, the overall place that we're in in the season, yeah, but we but, are in the season. If this, if we're, if we have found our identity and now we're showing it to the rest of the world, then yeah, this is what we've been waiting for all
0: season. Yeah, absolutely. Just an, an extremely efficient performance from the Bills. Just it. You're right. If they if. This is the time they're hitting their stride. It's definitely the right time going into the final month of the season and hopefully into the playoffs. I'm not going to... Put, put a ribbon on that conversation yet because there's still some work to do in the final two games here. But I think this was easily the most complete game in all facets from from the Bills. And it, it wasn't just beating a, a, a lowly team like the Texans or C-level Saints team a couple weeks ago at Thanksgiving. I mean, this was, this was a, a team in the Patriots that Two weeks ago, everyone was saying, you know, they're back again after they beat the Bills and how they're kings of the AFC East again. And the narrative it shifted last year to the Bills so nice and easily and how quickly it shifted right back to the, the Brady dynasty years of the Patriots are back and they're unstoppable and they have a great defense. And Mac Jones is the future and he's well ahead of his, his rookie curve. Like all this Patriots love fest going on two weeks. So and the Bills shut it down. Just shut the, the narrative up. They they, they changed the, the the optics of the season in in one fell swoop and in, in four quarters of a game. They're clicking at the right time. And and that makes me feel really good. Now in ten the last ten quarters and going back to the Buccaneers second half, they've scored eighty-eight points in ten quarters. And I mean, you're looking at a team that's that's back to averaging above 30 points now on offense and the defense made the proper adjustments. And we'll get into the details in a a little bit here, but they made the proper adjustments from their first meeting with the Patriots, despite that being a, an odd game to say the least in terms of the wind and the Patriots majority of the Patriots offense being a running and relying on the running game but they the Patriots kind of did that this game too they relied on the running game they tried to keep Josh and the offense off the field the Bills were aggressive in their coaching and their game plan and they flawlessly um, almost flawlessly executed they were extremely efficient in nine possessions this game, six of them were scored on, uh, and two of them were end of game kneel downs and end of half where they couldn't really do anything. So literally one drive was stopped, and I think the drive was stopped at like the one yard line, if I'm not mistaken. Just an extremely efficient performance. But I want to go to the start with the coaching because we we, we rag on the coaching oh <laughs> most of the time on this podcast, and you know we're not NFL coaches by any means, and I'm sure it's a harder job than our our dialogue can can ever make it out to be but I, i thought this game was really well coached like mcdermott didn't play scared he dable put the ball in his mvp quarterback's hands and they came through like everyone came through everyone executed and came through i i have to uh give give all the kudos in the world to the coaching. Uh, Leslie Frazier on defense made the proper adjustments, going heavy when he needed to go heavy with Klein and Saran Neal, and taking Dane Jackson out and Taron Johnson out when he, he knew the Patriots were running, forcing Mac Jones to beat them, which you know we said through two games now, Mac Jones is not going to beat you. I thought this Bill's coaching staff did a, a really well did a really good job preparing for this game executing during this game i thought it was the best coach game of the year from from this staff Uh, uh, Wow! i would say that i
1: would that is high praise but i would say i would have to agree with you and i like the aggression i like the decision i don't a lot of people call it aggression i call it analytics i i mean you're supposed to just like go for it on fourth you know yeah um So I really appreciate that uh, that they did that and that they were willing to do that to make those decisions. And especially, I think that they were willing to do it, you know, like we ragged on that a lot last week and recently. that in high-stakes situations or important situations late in the game, the plays that they're choosing to call are dumb choices. (laughs) And we're like, well, maybe maybe that's a high percentage play and we just don't know or realize it. But every time it was, you know, a fourth down or every time we were going for something or every time that the stakes were high, I liked the play that was called. They were getting the ball out there. They were getting the ball past where it needed to be. They were putting the ball in the right people's hands. And maybe some of that is that, they were playing to, they knew the strength of the personnel that they had out there. Um, and I think that the strength led themselves, of those players, the strength of those players lended themselves to be a little bit more efficient and like less nerve wracking and less reliant, more reliant on just the success and execution of the play and less reliant on the athlete as an individual making the athletic play. So like an example would be, we're going to give it, on a crossing route to Isaiah McKenzie and he's having the game of his life. So he's going to get it versus we're going to give it to Cole Beasley in the flat and just hope that he can run nine yards.
0: Right. I think, I think it was, and, and we could start with the offense as well. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie coming in for Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley out due to COVID McKenzie had, I mean, the game of his career, uh, 11 catches over a hundred yards touchdown. He, it, 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 it I, I like I hesitate with my words because it's like it's week fifteen. Why we've been calling for Isaiah McKenzie to get more snaps and see more action for the longest time, and he finally happens and he succeeds. And I think I think Isaiah McKenzie adds something to this offense that no other player can. And you just mentioned that that's speed. A lot of Isaiah McKenzie doing his damage was on crossing routes against the safety, uh, against man. And Cole Beasley I, is a is a great player in his own right he's a great route runner he's a great slot receiver he's not fast he's quick he's not fast and there's a huge difference Isaiah McKenzie gives something to this offense that no other player can and that's why I've wanted to see him for so long is because he gives them speed and how many times, Tony, have I said crossing routes? Like crossing routes work. And Isaiah McKenzie destroyed the Patriots defense off of crossing routes. Like every third down conversion, every big play he had was pretty much him running all the way across the field on a crossing route and just being faster than the guy he was manned up against. And and that leads me to say, I think this offense needs to, moving forward, needs to be flipped. I, I think... Emmanuel and this is in a in a perfect scenario where nobody's out with COVID and the roster's as complete as complete can be. Like it needs to be Diggs, McKenzie, and Davis as your three top receivers moving forward. Knox obviously use your tight end. Those guys are giving you not only the most success statistically but I think those three are giving you something different in some versatility that Sanders and Beasley might not be giving you when they're out there with Diggs like Gabe Davis is a bigger body who can who can get inside position on guys on slant routes and has a great catch radius and ball tracking ability and all, all the stuff we've, we've mentioned week in and week out with Gabe Davis. He has a set of qualities that no other receiver on this team has. Same thing for Isaiah McKenzie, but now we talk about speed and th- these guys just offer something maybe Diggs doesn't have. So now we're getting a lot of different levels to this offense that Beasley and Sanders don't give you when they're out there. That That's my hot take is this offense needs to flip and now it's not Diggs. Sanders Beasley. Now it's Diggs, Davis, and McKenzie, and that's going to lead to the most success for this offense moving forward. I would agree with you, and also simultaneously disagree with you Ooh. because the. So I love your last sentence
1: that you said that this is where the offense is only moving forward. Completely agree. I fully. Into, I think that that's your three wide receivers next year. And, but I've always I've always kind of thought that, or I've always kind of assumed that it would play out that way. Mm-hmm. Either that or, I mean, I know Mackenzie's contract has always been like, we've always given like weird deals to him because we think that we can get him for a deal, right. and we usually can, but it's kind of always assumed it would play out that way. Now, so why not just start the future now? Let the future happen now. And then, lo and behold, when you expand the offense past those three, or you want to diversify a little bit more, uh, guess, guess who's waiting for you? Oh, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, two fantastic players. So then that opens up, really, which is how I am choosing to disagree with you, in that you're talking about the offense being flipped, as though it's one or the other. I'm saying, let's have both, baby. We can have.
0: <laughs> Tony wants it all. Can,
1: yeah, they're here. They're all here. <laughs> we can have. We can. I, what I would propose more is utilize is just utilizing the diversity of the wide receiver room a little bit more. And by a little bit more, I mean a lot more.
2: Yeah. Instead of bringing them to the table, we
1: still got Beasley. We still got Sanders. You, use them when the time is right, and then also diversify a little. Put a little spice in my dinner. <laughs> I you can all do that. I like some sugar in my coffee. Let's have them both. Have it all. We always make all these people active anyway. Let's use let's use it to our advantage. Rotate these babies out.
0: Why why stop at the three courses of Davis, Diggs, and and Mackenzie? I want the five course. Add, add the Sanders and uh-huh. Beasley courses. Exactly. Give
1: me a little Kumaro dessert.
0: Oh Kumro for dessert. Oh I like it.
1: Give me a little. Uh,
0: give me a little. Uh, <laughs> give me a little Hodgson. <gasps> Hodgson Chaser.
1: Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, doubling down into there. huh? Well, Hodgson with, with cream. Oh. On oh. top of that. On Hodgson on piramid. top. Piramid,
0: you're, you're, uh, getting, you're getting greedy. Kira
1: Kumaro. <laughs> I'm trying to think of just dessert pots surrounding our wide receiver's name. We'll call it something.
0: <laughs> there, there's a restaurant in Buffalo called uh, Kumo, and I I am a uh, proponent of uh, making a petition to change it to Kumaro. no, so. oh, they're so close. They're so close. Why not just go the the whole way? Tony, we can't talk about these receivers without talking about the guy who throws them the ball, makes them successful. I mean, they do their part, but Josh Allen, the chosen one, J-17, the franchise, whatever you want to call him. Was this his best game as a Bill? I
1: don't know if I'm willing to say his best game as a Bill. No,
0: it's up there.
1: It's definitely up there. I think that statistically it wasn't. I don't
0: think. You uh, don't? With, a guy, don't? A guy who has 314 yards, three touchdowns, game. 64 yards rushing? I mean, the Bucks game statistically was better, but. oh, it
1: was a good game. I'm not saying it wasn't a good game for
0: him. I thought it was a great game I'm for him. I'm just
1: saying. I, I mean, I would, I would have to look up. I wish you had told me you were going to ask me this question because then I would have researched. <laughs> And
0: probably, you would have done the research. and Yeah, and found some better games. I,
1: I think he probably has better games. But, yeah, it was a really good game. <laughs> it was a really good game for Josh. He is the reason that we won. He is the reason we were efficient. The game plan was executed and executed well. Because of him, he delivered on that day. That's why, as DeAndre Dawkins put it, that's why he makes a quarter of a billion dollars.
0: Yeah, all, be- it, was
1: all on him, it was all on him, and he brought it. And that's what he has to do everywhere.
0: Exactly. He he brought it. And mm-hmm. in the biggest moment on the biggest stage of this season, in in ideal conditions, I mean they put the ball in his hands and he he delivered like uh like an, an MVP level player does. Um no 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 clearer evidence than that fourth down play when he somehow slithered his way in between two Patriots defenders on a bootleg and picked up the first down to seal the game off. I mean he, he made he made plays when when the Bills needed him to. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And he probably would have even had a better game if there wasn't a couple drops. Sanders dropping the one in the end zone. Was it Kumaro, I think, dropping that like 30-yard bomb that was wide open? Josh was was fantastic. And it just goes back to your original point of I hope this offense especially this offense is hitting their stride at the right time, just like they did last year when they rattled off all those wins to end the season. I think Chris Sims said it this week. If if Josh Allen is, is not, if you don't think Josh Allen is a top five player in the NFL, then I, I don't know what game you're watching. <laughs> There's something along those lines. He does I mean we we talk about it. He does things week in and week out that no other quarterback can do. Yeah, Mahomes has the arm strength. I don't know if Mahomes Josh. Oh what's that? What Josh? Yeah, no, I'm that's what I'm saying. Yeah, J- Mahomes has comparable arm strength to Josh. Oh yeah. Does Mahomes have the evasiveness of the in the pocket, the the awareness, the improvisation when a when the play breaks down? I I don't I don't know those two plays where Josh just the one touchdown to Knox and then the the crucial what was it fourth down to to Diggs, which drove me nuts because Diggs was like jumping backwards every second to <laughs> as he was straddling the first down marker. I was like move forward you stupid idiot. Those plays alone, those just to have the wherewithal just. Kind of flip it like that, and I just was extremely impressed with Josh. Not that I am not every week, but this week especially, just with the with the stage and the spotlight and in the narrative of of the Patriots winning a couple weeks ago, him him just stepping up with with a with a, sh- a shuffled offensive line too. I mean, like Bakker goes down early with an injury. I thought he was playing well up to that point. The offensive line in in, in general, and, and I don't want to get off the Josh point just yet, but the offensive line played. Excellent! This game easily their best game of the season. Oh yeah, but but Josh was incredible. I I don't know what what more there is to say.
1: Would we be saying this? Because the thing about it is like you mentioned the two shovel passes. The shovel passes usually don't work, and Josh tries to do them, and then everyone's like, "Oh, hero ball," and they get all like you know high and mighty about it. Right. And then they happen to work this time, and now we love it. And to me, that's just something I'm kind of like. I don't know, analyzing the psyche of how we analyze these games and how we analyze Josh. But, I mean, I guess that's sports.
0: Even, even, if, if it even,
1: works, you're a genius, and if it doesn't, you're an idiot.
0: Even you know? when they don't work, though, you, you're not saying like, – like, usually when Josh shovel passes, it's like a last-ditch effort, and he's done yeah. all he can. Like, he's evaded three se- times he could have been sacked and – Gets out of the pocket and he does everything he can. And the shovel pass is usually a, a, a last ditch effort to to make a play happen. So even if it doesn't work, I'm still 99% of the time super impressed with everything that preceded that shovel pass that Josh Allen did. It, it's just a guy trying to make a play in the end and and you you can't fault him for that at all obviously if they if they bring it back for I, a pick I six I don't I more. don't it. some people do not me no, i not. like the passes.
1: i want hero ball yeah
0: i know who doesn't love a good hero right i need a hero do you, do you, do you go that's for you do you go watch that's a the, thank you that 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 song literally haunts my dreams because i'm pretty sure that's on the soundtrack for shrek 2 and i worked at the movie theater while that was playing oh <laughs> and that was um uh, it was not fun cleaning movie theaters after track movie <laughs> let's just say that <laughs> A lot of sticky stuff, but I yeah, I mean, I'm talking about candy and stuff, Tony. Get your <laughs> mind out of the gutter. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like we got a Pee Wee Herman situation going on uh, Okay, all right, all right. PG show, Tony. PG show. It's a Pee Wee you... show. <laughs> it's a Pee Wee show. That's right. Uh, that's the word of the day. <laughs> you know, you, you don't walk into Spider-Man hoping the the villains win. You hope the hero wins, and you want you want you want Josh to play hero ball. I don't. i have never minded hero ball. I, I love a good hero. I need, story. A, give, give
1: me, I need a hero.
0: But I mentioned it before. The offensive line was incredible. And I don't think Josh could have done half of what he did if the offensive line... Did not play their best game of the season. And that's with, like I said, a shuffled offensive line. Feliciano still out due to whatever's going on with him. Like Bacher gets hurt out for the season with an Achilles. Deion Dawkins activated off the COVID list before the game. Did not start. Seemed like he was on a pitch count per se. But forced into the starting lineup. And a lot of shuffling. Spencer Brown starts out. of left tackle. That's him move to right tackle. Like all this stuff, despite all this stuff, the offensive line was... Really good against a, a really good Patriots front four, led by Matthew Judon, who did not do much of anything. I didn't even hear his name. I saw his red sleeves. I didn't hear his name, which is which is good. I
1: heard his name when he was trying
0: to cheat. <laughs> he was trying to cheat. Yes, that's right. um Man, uh-huh. no, I didn't do much. I mean, the the offensive line really held it down. Like. And you hope this is, again, a trend moving on to the season. I I do have to note, Tony, one guy who who we've been clamoring for for two months now. Ryan Ryan Bates gets his shot. And shocker, the offensive line is good. I, I mean, I didn't see it coming, but I did see it. Give Ryan Bates a chance. Hashtag Ryan Bates season. Hashtag give Ryan Bates a chance. Look what happens. Ryan Bates gets in. Sees his highest snap count of the season. The offensive line plays his best game. Coincidence? Probably not. Yes. Yeah. I when when it when it went down that way, my first thought was, I feel so good and happy for the witty, not funny cast and crew
1: <laughs> who will finally have their moment where Ryan Rick Bates comes into play and 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 stepped up like that. So so much pride, so proud, so
0: joyful. You should be, and then the Bills win too, so it's it's a cherry on top. Absolutely. Yeah, offensive line, fantastic. And hopefully this is, again, just a trend. I, I, I can't say enough about this offensive line. Tony, anything else about this offense? I mean, I they thought they set the trend early. They thought they set the tempo. They set the attitude early. Even from the first play. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, the second play. The first play was an incomplete pass to Dick. Second play with a screen pass to Devin Singletary. Him just kind of bullying Kyle Duggar to get those extra – not even going out of bounds, just – fighting along the sideline for the extra five, six yards. That's a tone setting play there from uh, a guy you say is boring. I I thought the offense really set the tone early on and it it just carried throughout the game. And that's the attitude they need to play with. We talked about all this preseason narrative of Super Bowl favorites, preseason, whatever, time to to talk the talk and and walk the walk. And and they did it this game. And I, I thought it was... Right from the jump, they they had an attitude. They had a the edge about them uh, on offense and defense, and I, I, I it was led to led to success.
1: You, I think you covered it. Uh, a big thing, like what I really want to see in the future is some of these people coming in, like maybe maybe some people work have worked their way up the depth chart, like a Rick Bates. Maybe, and what I'd really like to see is if I could give a New Year's resolution to the coaching staff. Maybe Mr. Brian Dable is. Learning a little bit who his go-tos are and should be, uh, especially when stakes are high. And what I hope he's learning the most is that crossing routes should be a go-to. should be a default. Just default to
0: crossing routes. Default to crossing routes. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, you like saying Rick Bates, too, don't you?
1: Uh, I mean, I like, I like being... Up on current events and being up on the culture. And if we are collectively deciding we're going to be on board with the Rick Bates thing, now that this has revealed itself <laughs> after all this time, then, uh, okay, I'll, I'll get on board. Yeah, I'm a pretty easy sell when it comes to, you know,
0: stuff. In team trends. So,
1: yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm a pretty easy sell when it comes to trends like
0: that. You so. are, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, I'll Tony, be fine with it. And moving on to the defense. Yeah, the run defense wasn't great. Uh, They they tried to keep Josh off the field, the Patriots' offense, that is. Defense did their part. I thought, uh, I'll I'll say, credit where credit is due, I thought Tremaine Edmonds had an okay game. There was a uh, replay sequence, whatever, a a break, where they were showing some replays about the Patriots' run game where uh, you kind of saw Tremaine not making those right decisions we talked about in the past, not choosing the right lanes to fill and over-pursuing and engaging blocks too early. For the most part, I thought he had a, a pretty solid game. So credit where credit is due. But we talked about it to start the, the segment. The the system, the scheme, the the strategy was, was sound this game. They exposed Mac Jones for, for kind of who he is and yeah, he's an efficient rookie who is really good at being a system quarterback. Those 5- to 10-yard passes make him throw deep. Every time he tried to throw deep, it led to something good for the Bills. Uh, whether it was a Micah Hyde interception, twice, uh, tip ball, an incomplete pass, uh, and an inaccurate pass. I thought they exposed Mac Jones pretty well and forced, like I mentioned before, forced him to beat them. You know, you let the running game have theirs, and, and we'll do what well, we can to stop that, but we're not going to let Mac Jones beat us, and they did their job, and I thought the defense played a really nice game, despite not having the greatest pass rush again.
1: You know, that the pass rush is what I wanted to, like, kind of put under the microscope the most out of this, because pass rush, obviously, is something we struggle with. Right. Something that can get a boost, that Leslie Frazier likes to give it a boost through, you know, through defensive backs, let and I was always like, okay, so how does the defensive back listing situation translate in a world without Trey White? And I think that they are doing it less. I think that they need to save their talent in the defensive backfield right. for pass coverage. And I was like, this is the game where we kind of find out what it looks like. Because as previous defenses had exposed about Mac Jones is you gotta get him under duress and then things go really well for you if you if you make him uncomfortable. And they had. And it's almost like you really can have rookie items if he if you make him uncomfortable. Um and then he just starts like throwing into chaos and seeing ghosts as one might say. Hmm. And so I was curious to see, I'm like, all right, so are we gonna try and bring the pass rush? With the format man front, are we going to blitz Sam Milano a lot more? Are we just going to like pick and choose our battles here? And it seemed to go okay, and it seemed like that's what we were doing was we were just blitzing and utilizing uh, the safety blitz a bit, mm-hmm. um, but not maybe as much as we would have or could have or should have. And it happened to work out. I'm curious to see what this looks like if there is an actually talented quarterback back there, and how are we going to handle that that blitz, or will we not? Will we just say? Will we just put our money on Dane Jackson to get it done? I'm cautiously optimistic, and I'm curious to see how that uh, how that's going to look in the future. I do kind of like just because I think I like the tenacity, especially well, maybe especially in this game, considering that it, the tenacity was basically it was basically targeted at Jerry Sullivan, But I do like the tenacity of a blitzing Poyer and or Hyde, and I wonder. And I wonder how that's going to look in the future. That sort of becomes the new, uh, uh, not the new default, but if that like sticks as a default when it comes
0: to applying a little bit more of a pass rush to, uh, to both the quarterbacks for Leslie Frazier. I, I did like the attitude of Poyer in the post-game press conferences, walking in and calling out Jerry Sullivan by name. That was, Yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, sign me up. Sign up for, that. Me up for
1: <laughs> pitching out Jerry Sullivan anytime.
0: Yeah, right. I just thought it was a... Yeah. Uh,
1: I'll talk some shit on this podcast. Some uh, day we're probably gonna have press passes, and he'll be right next to me. Probably you won't know the difference. one day.
0: It's Who fine. knows? <laughs> Just say you're part of the fan advisory board. I, well, I am. Oh, yeah, that's right, you are. <laughs> but I, I do, I, I do appreciate, I do appreciate Poyer puffing out his chest like that, and I, I thought it was a, a nice attitude to to roll with through the season. Uh, the defense, like like the offense, was very efficient. Uh, forcing the Patriots one for ten on third down. You like to see that, obviously. We talked about having Mac Jones beat them. Mac Jones only threw for 139 passing yards. They only had seven first downs via passing. Yeah, the Bills played a really really nice game on defense. Um, I thought F.A. Abada struggled this game for having such a good game uh, the week prior with the Panthers. He he might be a liability in run defense. I haven't seen enough of him to really like put my stamp on that that take, but he seems to fall into like the 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 Trent Murphiness of it for me, where he's just like, are you even looking at the ball? Sometimes I'm asking myself that question. <laughs> like as the running back runs past you, do you do you know what you're job here is i i I don't know he 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 struggled i i do think he's he's fit to be a situational guy at this point because i do like like i mentioned the previous podcast his aggressiveness his his technique with the you know kind of heavy hands and 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 using his hands a lot to, to get to the quarterback i just think he's a little bit of a liability in the run defense even though he's he's part of a heavier set when they put in Klein and Saran Neal this game and obviously they wanted some bigger defensive ends so but he but he struggled I thought it was a noticeable struggle I thought so too it disappointed
1: me because he made he made me a fan last game and to see this this game it's okay Because I'm also not that bothered by it because we have so many defensive linemen that we rotate in and out and keep active. So I'm just like, all alright, he has his role and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I I can live with that because it's not like we're missing anything. It's just a a different person.
0: Did it make you feel different about the the British? Um,
1: I would say it makes me feel even better about the British. Give me (laughs) some bangers and match.
0: Good. (laughs) Uh, After that mind-blowing moment last week when you found out he was British. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, the British a big victory in Buffalo
0: this week anyway when they got Hamilton canceled. Oh, yeah. So, so big, big victory for King George and the British. Big victory
1: for the British. Big victory for the Redcoats.
0: I was supposed to go. So was I. Wait, what night were you supposed to go?
1: Tuesday.
0: Oh, me too. Oh, snap.
1: Oh, yeah, the night it was canceled. Yes. Did you go
0: down there? Yeah, well, I was, yeah, me too. I was there. I was there. Oh. Did you did you get huh? uh, tickets for another night? Uh,
1: Not yet. No, we're kind of discussing our strategy. We probably won't okay. get tickets for another night.
0: We're going uh Sunday night. I'll edit, I'll edit this all because oh. it has nothing to do. <laughs> no, I
1: think the people want to know.
0: Yeah, people want to know when we're we going.
1: Winning that funny meetup Sunday night outside <laughs> shape.
0: Wear your best uh American Revolution garb. Yeah. Sad, sad to see Hamilton get canceled. Yeah, it
1: was a disappointment.
0: It was a But just like the show is very efficient with being successful, <laughs> the Bills defense is very su- successful as well and efficient. And on top of that you mentioned getting off the field on third down i thought they bottled up the run game pretty well yes damian harris got his two three touchdowns actually but you never really felt like it was like game changing the patriots run game like you you felt the bills d had a had a good like bend but don't break mentality of like okay we're going to give them the run game but they're not going to beat us with the passing game and mac jones did throw two interceptions so I thought their strategy was sound, as I said. And I I think the main story with this Bills defense, though, is the safeties. Yes, getting the Pro Bowl snubs. The only two safeties, I believe, safety tandem in the league to have both have over five interceptions this year, which is crazy uh, that they wouldn't even get uh, selected for the Pro Bowl. But those guys, when we needed it the most, stepped up this game. I thought they both were just excellent and really the linchpins of the defense and their success this game and a big reason why why we won i i think with kind of the shifting packages of going heavy with klein and neil and switching that out for for jackson and johnson sometimes and uh, those safeties were sound like they were the safeties were our safety veil like honestly like we could rely on them when when we needed so they, they've had incredible seasons i think this game was the pinnacle, they're they're really good seasons to this point. Uh, I can't say no, enough about them, and they should get more recognition.
1: Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that now that Trey White is out, th- those two
0: are everything. Yeah, good point. They're yeah, like that. That's the whole. That's now the scheme is surrounding that we have excellent safeties and that it's going to rely on them. So don't screw it up. <laughs> so don't screw it up. Yes, uh, they are. They are going to be the reason this team uh, is successful or not uh, from the defense yeah. side of the ball for sure. Tony, anything else about the defense that stood out this game to you? I know you're thinking something. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs>
1: I went to, I just went back to my notes and I didn't have anything else.
0: That's all I had. Anything else about the game in general? I, I think we covered uh, a lot here.
1: I just, My biggest thing about this game is it came with a large amount of uh, it came with a large amount of like basically trash talking at the end and Confidence in the end of it, and I'm really just hoping that it doesn't come back to bite us in the butt. Because I mean, I'm great. I'm happy we're celebrating everything, but if this was the drought year Bills that has everything right now that like you know we're beating the Packers and losing to the Raiders, like in like that's what um that's what I'm afraid of in the sense that
0: I've been burned before by that. Yeah, I I kind of. Share that sentiment. I'm I'm hoping the attitude was not just due to the fact that it was the Patriots and we're battling for the AFC East. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried the attitude's not gonna carry over to the Falcons and the Jets. <laughs> Two teams that don't. I don't know if they don't deserve the attitude, but don't warrant the attitude. But the the Bills still have work to do. Um, this thing is not locked up by any means. If they, I think if they win this week and the Patriots lose, is that I think they they clinch. I think I think that's right. They clinch AFC. They East. clinch AFC East, which means they clinch a mm, playoff that spot. That
1: sounds right to me. That yeah.
0: sounds right because I think we have the tiebreaker over them. We do. Okay, that sounds right to me. Whatever we'll stats, guys, check that. But that that I think that's the the overarching theme of this episode is like that attitude needs to be the standard going for the status quo going forward there's there's no more oh it's just jacksonville we're not preparing for them and all, all, all the narrative that came after that jacksonville game for example or right. or we're playing the lowly texans we can just waltz in and you know with a hand tied behind our back and win this game kind of attitude you need to be the man like and, and you need yeah. to if back it up man, you gotta beat the man that's right. And you, you just need no, to did. have this have this confidence, have this. And I I don't even want to call it like an underdog mentality because I, I don't think it was that. Like Again nobody to got something to prove. I guess, yeah. Like I I think I think the narrative from the first Patriots game fueled this attitude and I, I just hope it doesn't doesn't go away because it's not the Patriots we're playing anymore. So That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, that that's what I'm afraid of too. We'll we'll find out this week. Uh Two games, like Can you said, up? upcoming. the The Falcons and the Jets seemingly playing for nothing other than pride. But I guess the Falcons are kind of still in it. I think they're seven and eight or something, which is shocking. Two games, the Bills should easily win. Like they're they're the much better team than than the Falcons or the Jets. So we'll, we'll see if if it translates. I they 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 had a big welcoming party uh, at the airport <laughs> after this Patriots game. It'll be good. I'm sure for the team to be home after being on the road for two weeks. So let's see, let's see if they carry this attitude over. I'm, I'll be very intrigued to see.
1: Me too, because we, and this is, this is such a Bills fan mentality
0: of like. It very much is, yeah. We're half
1: expecting them to blow an easy game.
0: Yes, it it very much. uh, That is a very Billsy mentality. We are
1: two, we are two Bills fans that have been around this block. (laughs)
0: His score years of score
1: yes it truly really is <laughs>
0: perfect tony uh what do you say uh we wrap it up i
1: yeah,
0: okay. Sounds pretty good to me. Sounds pretty good to me, too. <laughs> Once again, if you're not following us, hit us up at Woody Sports 716, at BuiltInBuffalo underscore. You can find us on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. But first, got to say thank you to our sponsor, as always, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Check out the website. Koozie's starting at just $5. Get your koozie right now. They got a cool bills one. We have pictures on our Instagram of it for the playoffs. So you're gonna need a koozie. It's gonna be a lot of drinking during these playoff games. Um, that's again fingers crossed, knock on wood. The Bills make it very high percentage of them making it, but nothing's said and and set until, you know, that, that final bell rings, that final clock ticks, that final whistle blows, whatever. The Bills won't, <laughs> like, we need the Bills to be in the playoffs before I believe they're in the playoffs. And we need, like, the clinch. We need the X next to the name, the Y, whatever the letter is that says we're clinched. We need it. But anyway, check out Traveling Growler. I digress. www.travelinggrowler.com. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts or listen to for free on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network by searching witty, not funny, all one word, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Spreaker, wherever else, iHeartRadio. You can find the podcast. We also have a t shirt store, teespring.com. Check it out, all the cool designs, support the podcast. Uh, get a t shirt. Uh, just 20 bucks. 20 bucks. I can, uh, I can. I don't think I can find 20 bucks in, in my couch right now, but it's just 20 bucks, and you get a cool conversation piece uh, from the Way Not Funny t shirt store. Uh, and all apparel. And everyone at
1: a building game wants to talk to you when you wear a
0: Woody Not Funny t shirt. <laughs> I did say that, and it's true. I'm, I'm not making it's that it's true. I'm not making that story up whatsoever. Also hoodies, tanks, uh long sleeve T we, we got a lot of apparel, not just T shirts. So check out the apparel store. teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Tony Twitter handles where can listeners find you? Tony J. Ambrose is a good spot.
1: Tony J. Ambrose.
0: Tony J. Ambrose. Tony
1: Jambros. Tony J. Ambrose. Tony J.
0: Ambrose. Tony J. Ambrose. <laughs> Tony J. Ambrose. Was was yeah. that on purpose? I know it's no, a middle it's I know my it's your middle, middle name. name. I know, but like
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's my name.
0: That'd be a great band name, Tony Jambros.
1: Wow, yeah.
0: Put that one in the back pocket. Same for later. Maybe it can be a
1: a band name still.
0: Maybe. I still got a shot. You still got a shot. Yeah. Never let the dream die. (laughs) <laughs> That's uh, you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716. Give us a follow. We love following back, connecting with the Buffalo sports community out there. The Spills Mafia, the Sabres, Swords people. The Sabres are back. We might have to talk about the Sabres again now that they're back from their uh, COVID slash Christmas break. Or if they start losing again then we won't talk about them but maybe we'll have to who knows at Woody sports 716 on twitter on instagram give us a follow if you like us leave us a review i forgot to mention that during the podcast we like to say whether it goes two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it so thank you to all the listeners if you're just checking us out for the first time hope you enjoyed the show keep on listening subscribe follow do everything you can to join the witty nation tony send off for the listeners what do you got
1: go build for we are here to cheer for you. Go
0: Bills. <laughs> we are your fans, so true. With victory in sight,
1: we'll yell with all our might. So go Bills, fight Bills, go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo.
0: Love it. Love it. Mark Weavy. Way to bookend the... God uh, bless him. God bless him. <laughs> it almost sounds like... you know. I don't even want to say it. Um, it
1: almost sounds like...
0: I'm not even going to say it because I'm going to jinx it and I'm going to wake up tomorrow with bad news. So
1: I thought I was going to say... It almost sounds like Go, Lane, Go, the fight song of Lane Technical High School.
0: <laughs> yes. I just learned today that Lane Technical High School is a thing. So, well, the more you know.
1: The, the, can, 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 can we even comprehend this? Like, the listeners got their money's worth and then some out of this episode.
0: <laughs> they always do, I hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you learn about Lane Technical High School. I mean, that's that's knowledge Lane in tech, itself. Let's go! Wayne Tech. What? Uh, You can, uh, Matt always says Go Bills. I'll throw Go Bills in there as well. And as I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.
1: Peace. Bye. Later.